0: Hi there, how's it going? Bonnie Violet here, a queer chaplain, and I'm super excited for uh, today. Um, uh, and If you don't know where you're at, um, I often say that for whatever reason, um, but this is a Drag and Spirituality Named and Known series, and this is our first episode with Saya Naomi, and I'll talk with her about her a little bit more in a second. Um, I wanted to take a second to uh, thank Urban Village Church um, for hosting us um, for this um awesome event i'm just really excited in case you can't tell uh, but i i'm really excited to begin to um have the convert to begin this series um for folks who may not be aware we are doing going to be doing this every week we'll be going live wherever you're at right now <laughs> um every week for 6 weeks um at um this time so um put it on your calendars and plan to join us. If for whatever you miss an episode, um, it will be uploaded as a podcast as well as you can watch <clears throat> on YouTube or on the Facebooks and other socials of A Queer Chaplain and Urban Village Church. So I think that was all I needed to say. Oh, also this is, you know, this is emerging, immersion of drag and spirituality. So kind of like church meets a drag show. So at drag shows, you often tip, you tip your performers and so, um You'll see that uh, Saya's uh, Venmo and Cash App is there if you'd like to send her some coin uh, just to give her some love, that would be great. Um, And then also um, we can see your comments. So um, if you have questions or comments, um, just um, let us know and we'll try to interact with them as best we can. All right, so I'm really excited. Um, Saya Naomi is uh, my first guest and I first met her um, back when I worked at um, on Halstead. I used to do like uh street outreach and we were able to work. Uh, Saya would get all dolled up as a queen. I wasn't quite a queen yet then. Um, well, I wasn't, well, I was a queen but I didn't look like this <laughs> and, um, and uh, it was just such a great time and it brought so much energy to what we were trying to do um, on the streets. And so um, when I knew I was gonna do this series I knew she was the first person I wanted to talk to. So without further ado, here is Saya Naomi. Hello. love. <laughs> how are you?
1: I'm so well, how are you?
0: I'm good, I knew you would have a good nail game.
1: Oh yeah, you already know.
0: Yeah, I, I, I didn't, I can't show mine tonight. <laughs> how are you?
1: I'm doing so good, feeling great in my skin and bearing through each day.
0: <laughs> <Right? Yeah. laughs> well, awesome. Well, I I again, I'm just really thrilled that you're here. Um and I tend to like to just dive right in. So, um hopefully you'll be comfortable with that. Um I, and I like to start when you were when you were like when you were young. So, tell us a little bit about, you know, uh little little Terry, little Saya. <laughs> what was like growing up like?
1: Well, little Gilbert was always a little religious. Loving crybaby. <laughs> um, I was really close to my family. I still am very close to my family. I was I was really loving. I knew I knew about myself at a very young age. So I expressed who I was throughout my life, all my life. So my family already has a really good no- knowledge of who I am. So just this little flower and I blossomed to a great bouquet.
0: (laughs) Right, right.
1: So that's how it was. It was really great. I've always been close to my my mom, my dad, my stepdad, my grandma. It was a good opening for me in my Mm -hmm. life.
0: And did you grow up in Chicago or where did you grow up?
1: I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, with my parents, and when I turned 17, that's when I moved to Chicago because I just wanted. Well, when I turned 18, is when I moved to Chicago because I was coming for. I was coming. Ugh, was coming for college. Gotcha. Upbringing was all Milwaukee. It brought me home to what I know my roots. And Chicago has raised me from the little queen to full queen now.
0: Right, right. (laughs) Um, And so did you have, um, did your family, did you grow up with any sort of like religion or spirituality?
1: Yeah. So growing up, I grew up Jehovah's Witness. And so I didn't celebrate anything. We didn't really do much. We basically just went to the Kingdom Hall with our family and some close family friends. And after that, it was just back home to the regular basics of home chores and growing up that way Mm -hmm. i uh, went to a catholic church i want to say it was i was around middle school where i started to experience new things and started going to a church with one of my friends just to see the difference in what church was for them than from what it was for me because i noticed for me we dressed up every every time we had to go to the kingdom hall it was like no matter what time of day it was i had to put my sunday's best on my whole family did and we went from there and then when i went to my friend's church i realized i can just go in my khakis and my hoodie right and it just showed me a different side of religion because it then showed me that i didn't have to be in my sunday's best to go to church i can just go and worship the way i felt comfortable
0: Awesome. So um, so were you excited about church? Did you really get into it or was it just a place to go?
1: I really was excited about church. I've always loved getting ready to go anywhere but home. Because, you know, as a young kid in the house with all your siblings and wanting to be adventurous and out with other people to learn yourself. I was always that way and my mom was just not for that. She wanted her kids close. We can all stay close and bond with each other because we're gonna have each other throughout the rest of our lives. So she kept that bond really tight. I just was, I realized after I started going to different churches that I wanted to hang out with my friends more. I wanted to go more places. I wanted to do more things and I can still stay spiritual in that. It just was a different practice from what I was raised into doing so it kind of scared my mom
0: right cuz it was just so different um how was a uh, how was your um like your gender your sexuality how did that uh, how was that experience with church
1: well i would say when i was younger going to the, the kingdom hall that really wasn't anything that i knew of or barely can remember but I did notice when I started going to my friend's church, there was a few boys there that I liked. And it was kind of strange because I liked them and they liked me. So it was one, it was really weird to know that this exchange was happening in the church and mm-hmm. it was okay, but not talked about. So it was really strange. So I never really just like openly bust out the gates, you know? At all, I just was dabbing my feet into things just to see what life was really.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, wh- when did drag come into your life? Did it come into your life pretty young?
1: Yeah, drag came into my life really early. I have an older sister, she's like my idol. I love her to bits. She actually would be, you know, I would say, this is her fault. <laughs> so, <laughs> Let her know that.
0: We need to thank her.
1: (laughs) Yes, she was like the girl of my dreams. She's so pretty. And she was the most popular in her school. She was on the dance team. She was a cheerleader. She was like the it girl of my household. She was just so popular and so well-known and everyone loved her. So I really wanted to be just like her. And I will say at an early age, I would steal all her clothes out of her room. Whenever she got new uniforms from dance classes and dance, I would take her uniforms and I would wear all of them. <laughs> I would wear t-shirts or turtlenecks on my head as my hair. And like, I would watch I will say when I was younger there's this movie called What's Love Gotta Do With It? With Angela mm-hmm. Turner. That movie put blood, made the blood boil in my body to be on stage and to act out and to be a woman that, it, it all those things, characteristics came together. And every year that my sister, my sister is a few years older than I am. So every year she was with us, I just learned more and more from her. And I got to take more clothes from her, <laughs> like playing her stuff. So it was, easy me, for me growing up. And it wasn't something that I necessarily hid because everyone knew, but I wasn't mm-hmm. just go out and just be that girl and swinging my hair around because it still wasn't okay. You know?
0: Right. Yeah. And how does, what's your relationship with drag and then your gender identity?
1: My relationship with drag is my only relationship. <laughs> and <laughs> my drag identity is, She's just a spiritual, fun-loving, wild girl. I'm a Gemini all throughout my whole heart. So I'm going to be this ball of energy, whether I'm in it or out of it. But I choose to be in it mostly because I just love the fun things that girls get. I mean, like the long hair, the makeup, the pretty dresses, the nails, all the different earrings, the accessories all that stuff just makes me feel happy it makes me feel like a whole another person and i do feel like i'm truly in my skin when i'm able to be loud and vibrant this way even though i don't have like a few little shinglings and diamonds and all that that's not really what i look at for my drag i look at it as just being a girl
0: Mm -hmm. yeah well it looks really great on (laughs) you um and uh what was like how where is your spirit what's your spiritual spirituality like now how would you define that
1: I'm very spiritual um I really turn to God a lot of the times because that's the only person that I truly believe can really help me through anything and when I go from that spirit from a higher spirit then I can go to my mom or my sisters because Without faith, I wouldn't know where I would be today. I would not know how to handle myself in any way, shape, or form. Um, I've shared on my platform many years ago, not many years ago. I would say three years ago now, four years ago now, I lost my vision in my right eye due to some street violence. Um, I got mugged and I lost my vision every day of my life waking up for the next few for those next few days months has been pure torture for me because it's it's kind of strange you get to 30 years old and then you lose your vision you know in an eye right. so things happen and i just turn to the lord a lot of the time and just ask why and just to find like get questions or find some kind of understanding as to why is this happening to me in my life? Am I going to be able to do what I still be love? And the Lord answers those questions. And here I am today with it, doing it all. And I do it all myself. So I didn't let that the, um, vision loss stop anything that I had going. It held me back for a few, for seven months, but I got the okay that I can still do it. And here I am making it work.
0: Well, that's that's awesome. I'm wow, what a what a story. I can only imagine how challenging that would have been. It only took you seven months, huh, to be all ready to go again, huh? <laughs> that's great.
1: Seven uh, months.
0: And oh. you how is it that you connect with God?
1: You know, I pray a lot. I meditate also. And when i don't know exactly what to do i call my mom because my mom will walk me through any sermon i need she will open up the book and she will lead me to the right path and that's usually what gets me going that sometimes when i don't feel like my spirituality is as strong as i want it to be i go to my mom because i know she's extremely spiritual and whatever it is that i need help with she pulls She pulls it right to me and she tells me, you need to go to the good book and talk to the Lord or lets me know when I need to talk to the Lord. And so I always have that in the back of my mind. So some days I'll just be having my fun, doing what I need to do. And I know when I have to kick it like that to the Lord, I just pray. And I have a few good friends that I want to hang out with them. I break out into song and dance and say a prayer because I just get so thankful for where I am in my life, for still making it through what I've the challenge that I've overcome, and to continue to keep the bonds that I have alive. So, I've been doing the best I can with staying spiritual with God, with Lord, my Lord, the God's, to just by talking every day.
0: Mm-hmm. So just kind of talk. You just kind of talk out loud.
1: All the time. I just yeah. Put my, I, you know, however it happens for anybody it's different for everybody. Sometimes I'll have wake up out of a crazy dream and I just put my hands together and I pray, or I'm just like, woo, Lord, you just got me there, you know, and I go from there, but it's all real. It's It all is a real feeling, nothing's for play when it comes down to me and my spirituality.
0: Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people who might be watching this or some people might, Um, have wondered how like God and drag, or maybe what God's opinion is on drag. um, What's your relationship? How do you, What I guess what's your relationship with God? I guess God's opinion of drag, if you will.
1: (laughs) I feel like God wouldn't have put this in my position or in in my placement if this wasn't supposed to happen for me. I think sometimes that I, would I even be just a drag queen without my that the talks that I have with the Lord? Would I have gone full and been a full trans woman without my mm-hmm. talks to the Lord? That's what I think about because I love what I do. This makes me feel com- absolutely complete. And I realize with having lo- talk, like, long talked with the Lord that the Lord has made this who I am. Yeah. When I want to put it on, I can put it on. When I wanna take it off, I can take it off. And those conversations that I have with the Lord keep me sane in my body and in my mind and spirit to know that nothing can knock me off from where I'm going and what I'm doing because the conversations that I'm having with up above is something that I hold spiritually deep in my heart and no one can change that.
0: Yeah. That's that's great. Uh yeah, I mean for me too it's like I feel like the closer I get to God the the queer I become like drag was birthed really out of a lot of that for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um so uh this we're part of this series is called Named and Known and so um we're asking everybody kind of like how you came up with your name.
1: Oh, I love this. <laughs> So, I came up with my name because there was a girl I went to diversity club with in high school, and her name was Saya Yang. Hmm. I really loved her name. We didn't really get along that well because I just thought she was so popular. And I was popular in my school, but it just didn't seem like popular kids at this school and popular kids at this school would get along. You know how Bring It On is, like the popular cheerleaders and the popular cheerleaders, you meet up and it's like all of a sudden confrontation. We don't know why, this. So that was the situation <laughs> growing up. I didn't know why we had confrontation, but we did. I think it was because we are both like well-known and running diversity clubs in our schools. So it made us feel like I'm the one that knows really what's going on in the full thing. So it was her where I got my name from. Because mm-hmm. I was just, I'm going to steal her name. <laughs> and I like knew, at a young age. And then I also loved modeling. I was modeling at the age of 14 at the agency. And I stopped at the age of 22. And so Naomi was just a given. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. my, It was either going to be Naomi or Tyra. And a really, really close friend of mine, who also leads me in a lot of spirituality when I was growing up, was Sion Flair. And mm, I love her. Oh, that's mother all day. Mm. She called me Naomi. She will always mm-hmm. call me. Like, I was going by just Saya for a while. And I felt about Saya Childs and a few different names. But right. when Flair said, no, you are Naomi. I said, then I'm Sayanaomi, and I went from there. Then I got like a hundred last names because of the boyfriends that I dated and just being Mm -hmm. young, so I just was like, every boy I date, I'm going to add their last name. (laughs) I just was like, I don't want to do that anymore. (laughs) um, Sayanaomi.
0: It's such a beautiful name. I love it. Uh, and Sion Flair, oh, I love, I love her. I haven't talked to her in forever, but such a wonderful person.
1: Yes, one hundred.
0: <laughs> and I wanted to take a second to say hello to Benjamin. Ben, did you remember Benji? Benjamin DaCosta? Benji. He worked with me at um at a uh, Chicago house, but he did a lot of similar work that we did. So hi, Benji. Okay. Hi, Greg. Hi, folks. <laughs> I felt like we had to acknowledge the audience a little bit, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so um, what? Tell us a little bit about like the first time that you did drag. You were telling us a little bit when we were talking before, but I'd love for you to share it with everyone.
1: Okay, so the first time I did drag ever, I was seventeen. So. Yeah, I want to say I was 17 years old in high school, and a group of my friends. I hung out with all older people because I just felt like the kids in my age in my group were not about that life like I was. So a few of my my friends they were they were all seniors at the time. I was just a a junior in high school, and we were good and ready to go to Madison. And in Madison, there is a big party, street party that they have on Madison Street. And so, or whatever street it is. And all the college kids would dress up and they would just party up and down the streets, just like something that normally goes on now. And my friends, they were like, we want to go as Lady Marbella. And I was like, of course you do. So they are, They said to me, they were like, you have to be little Kim. And I was just like, yes. <laughs> you know." So happy! I watch the video all the time, as if I'm every artist. So I was ready to get into it. I bought like this little white tennis skirt. Oh, actually, I stole it from my sister. <laughs> <laughs> I stole her bras also. Mm. And then I, my friends give me like a white tank top. So I wore like a very generic very first time in drag outfit like a white tennis skirt a white camisole with a bra under it but the prize possession was the boots i bought red thigh high boots it was my first heel red thigh high boots and i made this platinum blonde wig because i know how to make wigs so Mm. i and I didn't know how to do makeup, but another good friend of mine, she said to me, she said, oh, I know how to buy makeup for men. And I was just like, Ugh. like immediately <laughs> take <taking> it off. <laughs> I don't want makeup men, I want makeup for girls. And so she's like, well, it's the same thing. And we bought my makeup, my face. Honestly, I would say that I was terrible. But I looked exactly the not exactly the same. I wore Halloween lashes. It was a big difference. You know, you can tell. Right, yeah. <laughs> and all of the makeup had fallen off my face by the end of the night. But mm. it was first time ever in Drag. And I did it in Wisconsin Madison. And I did it for two nights. Mm.
0: So did you love it immediately?
1: Oh, I loved it. I knew what I wanted in my life. There was nothing gonna change it. I wanted that.
0: Yeah. Um, (laughs) Hi, I I wanna say hello to Milani as well and Marcus. Hi, Milani. Milani is gonna be our final guest um, Uh in six weeks. And we do have a question from the audience. Um, David asks, do you have a go-to lip sync song?
1: Anything Rihanna, anything Rihanna. Anything, Rihanna. I also, the type of queen I am, I love to just, like, I'm, like, a scoochie queen. You know, like, I have lots (laughs) of sex up here. I'm also very funny. Like, I like comedy, but I don't do comedy. Mm -hmm. I'm more of a girl that's going to come through and give you that's a lady. You Mm -hmm. know, I'm not trying to... Come and give the like people watching the ooh and ah effect. I want them to just come out and see that this woman is really doing her thing, knowing that this is a drag queen. Like, that's what I get like to get respected for. I don't want to, well, I don't care about these fancy, bedazzled costumes because all of that takes away from the performance. And mm-hmm. I've always thought that all that takes away from the performance. So I always stick to what I know. I put on my nice little ooh and ah outfit for them to catch a catch. And then right. from there, I will give you Rihanna. Anything, Rihanna. I just love Rihanna. Mm-hmm. You know, when you an artist all the time that you just perform all their songs anyway? Mm-hmm. That's how it works for me. I put on their album, and I can just be at home and I'll perform the whole album before I know it, I'm thinking to myself, which one of these songs am I gonna perform next? <laughs> so right. it just depends on how I, that day.
0: Right, I love I love Rihanna. Um, speaking about drag, um, how what is uh, drag like right now for you? Are you keeping busy with drag or what's that playing out? How's that playing out?
1: I keep busy in drag regardless of having a booking or not. This is something I love to do. The bars have just made it a bigger, a nicer extra piece for me to get tips and bookings for it. I haven't really been doing many outside bookings at all due to the COVID mm. issue. Um, I still work at Sidetrack. So I'll be there tomorrow for Drag Race UK. Mm. And I guess I'll be there on the weekly for that. I. I'm still finding out new things, but I'm assuming that's what it'll be. Other than that, I haven't done much of any other outside drag. I love Mm -hmm. to just stick to myself when I'm doing things and dress up in my room, perform for myself, make videos for myself, Mm -hmm. and just grow my own drag portfolio and doing what I can do through the quarantine and still reaching out to doing other things bigger than just performing in bars though.
0: Right, right. And so you'll be um, physically like at tra- at sidetrack for that or will be virtual? Oh,
1: I wanna say that I will be physically there because that's what my emails are saying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Building for anyone that wants to see me. I just, I know they've been keeping things very tight because of quarantine and COVID. So mm-hmm. they've been doing a really good job. And, Honestly, I kind of want to get out there because I do miss so many people that I work with on the regular, just to say hi and see new faces or old faces, but like new because we've been locked up for so long under the quarantine.
0: Yeah. Well, the tr- uh, so Hannah was just saying that the um, the church, uh, Urban Village Church has a small group that used to meet at Sidetracks as well. So some church meetings going on there. <laughs> That's pretty- <laughs> And you've been there a while now, huh?
1: I have been. It's been well over seven years. Yeah, Mama, and that's literally, honestly, the only place in. Is it still voiced? on the Strip right. of Halstead. <laughs> yeah, on the that I really work at. Before that, I used to work around. Hmm the places that I really care to speak of because I don't really fall in that hard I like to mind my business gotcha (laughs) yeah
0: that was gonna kind of have me go into the next thing when you were saying like do we call it Boys Town anymore Um, but also part of that um, I know that um, Chicago what kind of made the national scene and talking about um, race relation, I guess race and how it impacts in particular black girls um, in uh, like entertainment. Um, how is, uh, how, have, I guess, do you wanna share a little bit about that?
1: Well, as far as that meeting, that meeting was nothing to me at all. I went in there to say what I had to say and it just literally backfired on me because mm-hmm. it comes to mind that people still aren't getting it through their heads, that we all are not treated the same, which is something that I understand. I thought we can all understand this on the same level. Because I said that I wasn't treated like most of those girls, I guess the whole thing went left. And I mm-hmm. left I decided to no longer share my voice with them, to no longer give them any more of my attention at all, because I didn't want to feel like these other girls in this this in this chat, who I'm talking to is gonna really bash me for not agreeing with what they're saying because it wasn't me not agreeing, I was just letting them know my testimony, and that's it. Gotcha, different way and random different direction. Girls were saying to cancel me to end me because I didn't agree with what they. or because I didn't pick up the script and read it the way they wanted me to say it. Mm -hmm. That's not who I am, nor has it ever been. So I wasn't going to go and join the party because they were all doing something I didn't approve on. So that didn't go so well. Um, After that, I never really caught up, touched base, or talked to anyone from that video at all. So it wasn't even a matter of, I don't know. I just didn't take it the way I didn't do what they wanted me to do. And because of that, that whole community blocked me off. They stopped talking about me, they filmed another podcast about me, and they said, they didn't specifically say my name, but they said all the things that happened to Mm -hmm. and with me. And it just threw threw me for a shock that they would go on this much of a sound wave to bash me, which was completely wrong. And I thought they would do better, but they didn't. And mm-hmm. excuse me. And from all that, I just haven't heard from anyone in the scene at all.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it yeah, doesn't and- matter or eating at all, <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's 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 definitely a difficult uh, situation. I can only imagine what it what that's been like for you.
1: Well, you know, it's kind of strange when you go from being a really popular girl on the strip before all these girls and then all of a sudden all these girls come around and they want to change the rules. It's mm-hmm. not how it works. But they wanted to say what they said and they had an agenda and I hope they got what they wanted, but they will never get it from me Um the whatever it is that they were looking for because i just can't work like that if i don't feel like something is right i'm not gonna i'm not gonna kick anybody when they're down and that's just what it felt like to
0: me understood yeah um, uh, yeah um and whew, what was i gonna say to that i think what we're gonna do is just take a quick second um to play like a little video clip um just take a little intermission get a little sip of our water or whatever uh juan pablo's gonna just Show like a little video of the upcoming uh, interviews. Are you there, one pop? Yes. And we're back <laughs> after a word from our sponsor, huh? <laughs> I wanted to um, uh, invite folks who are watching to, um, to ask questions. We'd love to um, interact with you. So if you have questions of Saya, about yeah. drag and spirituality, it would be really great. Um, uh, Angel says, we're all trying, Angel says, we're all trying to do our very best as queer folks in times of uncertainty. What does support mean to you and how do you reach out for help? What does
1: support mean to you? How do you reach out for help? Is this a question for me?
0: For you, yeah.
1: Okay. Um, What does support mean to me and how do I reach out for help? Support means to me is supporting what, the person or whoever you're talking to is doing in a way to make them feel comfortable the best way you can by listening, sometimes giving advice, and sometimes just being someone there to back your friend or the person who's asking for it. Um, How do I reach out for help is really a hard one for me because... I'm not the type to reach out for help. It really gets hard for me. So, and I don't really have a lot of people that I can call a friend. Not at like during these times, I've gotten put into so many positions where I just can't call a lot of people friends. So I mostly just reach out to my family and good. I get whatever advice I need from them it's really hard for me to reach out to friends. And I know for a lot of people, it's probably easier to reach out to friends. So I would just say to really use your best foot to realize, think about who you can reach out to for that help, cause it's really hard.
0: Yeah. It's great that you have such a, a supportive family. And, and it sounds like, you know, you had mentioned that that God is a big part of that as well. Um, it looks like Angel has a little bit more, uh, he, Angel just wanted to clarify that. I ask ask because as a queer performer, I find it difficult to admit that I need help when I need it. It's great to see folks thriving in our community, but I wonder how do they do it? Where does God come into place?
1: I feel like God comes into place at every moment in life. I honestly think that when those times are hard, for me, I've learned, especially by seeing my mom, whenever something was really hard and I realized tears were on its way, she would just immediately say, please God or dear Lord or heavenly father. And when she say those things, it just took my soul. So before growing up, it would not seem like it was something that I would take on with me as an older adult. But now it comes into moments where even before I hit the stage, I would say, or give myself a prayer, please, Lord, let me make it through this performance without falling, we mm-hmm. hope the crowd likes me. So God comes into my life as an entertainer every day. I wake up because a lot of black girls, black trans girls have been losing their lives for doing exactly what I'm doing today. Mm-hmm. So I always turn to God because I, I know how I am as a person who knows if I could have been one of these girls, another name or Mm -hmm. number. So turning to God for me at every waking moment helps me feel like I have an angel above me. That's just guiding me through safety. Mm -hmm. I'm really listening to that.
0: And and you've been, I mean, you've been around for a long time, so have you noticed it, have you noticed Things change for you as far as say when you were a uh, young, like newer on the scene versus now and how you relate to that?
1: Yeah, I noticed things change dramatically. There has been, I never knew one person to run an entire community or book shows for the entire community. I never knew there was gangs of squads of girls who only work at these events. It wasn't that way. It was individual artists who were friends, who built a strong family bond with each other. And if my friends worked here, 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 I would be able to visit them or we'd be able to to visit each other at our shows. Now it's like, oh, you're booked with all your friends. Mm -hmm. Oh, you friends are booked here and it's just like a traveling squad of people performing and that to me is just not entertaining because it's yeah. traveling squads not individuality so we're not really getting a difference in what the shows would give before we're getting the exact same thing with girls with great makeup great costumes but everyone is performing the exact same way because they're you're performing for your friends so there's really no heart or meaning in it because everyone knows you. And for me, when I perform, now I get looked at as a new girl. And Mm. I have been the one that's been here to make space for you. And now back from those younger girls, really doesn't sit well in my heart, but I also don't have to take it. So I don't befriend them. And I'm, I'm not the sweetest person, but I'm not gonna share my breath with it either because in today's world, anything you say, somebody's gonna come and throw back in your face. Mm-hmm. Whether you were joking as a friend that night, they're gonna turn it around and turn into your enemy the next day. And I just, I don't do that.
0: <laughs> right. Don't have time or energy for that anymore, huh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Milani has a question. Um, has COVID times and being in quarantine made you any less or more spiritual or religious?
1: I think it's made me more spiritual um, during these times because I don't want to lose myself or get off track of who I am in my spirituality or in my religion. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I will reach out to my family before anything. And if I reach out to my mom and my mom doesn't know, she will let me know. You should have been praying. You should have. You know, you should have been hands down. You should have been doing this or that. And I re- I listen to that because mm-hmm. I know when I do pray, things work out for me. Yeah, And I can't put that on to anyone else. And when I try to let them know how I'm doing the way I'm doing, I honestly will tell you, all I do is pray.
0: Mm.
1: Praying has saved my life, has kept food on my table and a roof over my head. I also don't pray when I need it. I pray because it feels good. Mm. So that's that people should also know. Praying doesn't have to happen when you are at your lowest. You Mm. can be at your absolute highest and thank God. Or you can just wake up on a Thursday afternoon and feel like praying. I pray because it's another conversation I can have with someone in a different way.
0: Right. And have you noticed? Have you know? Are your prayers any different um, since COVID?
1: You know, they are different because I pray that I don't get COVID. You know, because there's times where you you just think that you're you've been doing everything you can do to stay safe, and it can slip up on you. You know, I don't want to. I don't know what it what it will do to me. I know what the effects are and what can happen. So I just pray to stay healthy and stay far away from it so I can make it out. Because for a long time, I just didn't think that, I thought that if I was to get it, I would not make it. But I have, both my parents has made it, got it, and gotten through with it. Mm. And since they have, they made sure that they keep our, fam- keep our family much closer. And that's just for us and our family, that's a blessing from God. Yeah. Both both my parents had it and got through. So it really shows that I need to be with my family as much as I can, because if I was to lose a parent, this would be a very difficult conversation
0: to have. Yeah, def- so. that's def- definitely something for me that I've thought a lot more about, was like, what if, like, if um, it could be worried about me, but what about my parents too? And so I'm happy to hear that your parents uh, fared well. Yeah. Um, and Angel had a comment. Uh, he said, I think it's really beautiful to witness a drag queen talk about God in such a positive way. Thank you. Yeah. I think I want to go ahead and read Hannah's comment as well. Um, Hannah says, I've been hearing this all over, particularly from marginalized folks. But we all always need help in all kinds of ways. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's a gift of our communities to acknowledge our needs and our interdependence. Let's all ask for help this week. (laughs) It's going to be a good practice, huh? (laughs) a good
1: practice because yeah I, and I do not know how to ask for help but I will practice it for you Hannah
0: right those are the words of a pastor right <laughs> <laughs> um so Jamie also has a question um Jamie's asking uh to you is drag a fraternity and sorority at the same time because I heard that once
1: um you know I will say that could be what drag comes off Ass because mm. you usually start drag when you don't really know how to do it. And you're with a bunch of other new, like you're usually booked with a bunch of newbies who are also just now starting drag. So you get closer to them and those become your sisters. And you branch out with each other or you work hard to blossom each other. Yeah. And that's when it will come a fraternity or sorority type being. And it it goes that way. Unfortunately, some people you grow up with in drag, you branch off away from them in a place where there's no return. Yeah. It's exactly like that. You just have to realize where you want to go, how you want to run with it, and who you want to be. I'm a follower, nor have I ever been, and I will not follow anyone from this, from when I started to where I am now, because I realize when you fall into the trend of, following your sisters you lose a name for yourself
0: Mm.
1: and then you're a part of a group and if you're not the best in the group you'll never shine as bright as they will and sometimes they won't even give you that credit so it's best to realize that you're a part of something that's going to help you move on and be strong as a great independent artist but you have to keep into your independency because you can lose it really quick
0: yeah, so so would you say it's helpful to have that, but just be mindful? Yeah, I would you know?
1: say it's helpful, but really, really be mindful because you can get so, so lost in it, so mm-hmm. lost in it. A sisterhood in drag, you should feel exactly that, and I didn't feel that. Mm-hmm. so you, you definitely have to be mindful of the people that actually care about you and the people that actually comp- like consider you your sisters, because over time those things can change a
0: lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we yeah we often outgrow people, outgrow situations. We just grow differently, so it just no longer you know fits anymore for us. Right. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> I, don't, I was like, is there anything that you would like to share share about uh, your spirituality that or drag that we haven't talked about yet?
1: Um, I feel like I'm always an open book. So I just talk and talk and talk. Um, I guess there's really been nothing that I haven't talked about that I wouldn't mind sharing. Mm -hmm. I'm a very nice person. And please tell me you do not hear these sounds going off on my phone.
0: I don't hear no sounds.
1: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I just got so nervous because
0: Uh I I think they might have heard it. <laughs> oh, no. Because uh, somebody's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear it, but it's I, all good. <laughs>
1: good. I am a loving queen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's what li- that's what live is all about. You just got to roll with it. I
1: like to live on the wild side every now and then. But I do it all through safety now, because I was a wild bad girl back in my day. Mm started in drag and that's how I got the name, the bad girl of Boys Town because Mm -hmm. I'm very well at that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When did that change for you?
1: You know, it changed for me. I actually don't think it really changed for me. (laughs) It turned into like everyone just not liking me. Mm. And I'm okay with that. I'm not here to be liked by everyone it was just hard to see that i was starting to get unliked by the entire community who was all behind me gotcha behind me as in y'all all all would not be where y'all are all are had there not been a first queen involved now i'm not saying that i am the first queen but there was documentary work that we did years and years and years ago. I was a baby queen called 50 Faggots. It's also on YouTube. I was on there with Precious and Mm. a girl. And when we did that, it was probably the most beautiful thing because we start to talk about how how things in the community were different or how they've been looking for us as Black girls in the community. So Mm. that was something that we did six, seven, maybe even eight years ago to where we are today, to the, that drag council and to see how the girls are in that, it really shows a big change in the community for one person because mm-hmm. I've been documented here in, for Chicago drag queens living on performing on Halstead from this time, still there to the present time. So Mm -hmm. I I know something that's going on. And I know most of those girls probably don't know about it because they are all still freshly in their 20s. Yeah, They're not really doing their research before they do this.
0: Yeah. It can be, I think it's, I I know like as queer folks, it can, I know it it can also sometimes feel like you don't, like where are your elders? Where are our stories? We know that people obviously came before us, but like, how do we like, how do we learn about all that? Um, Were there folks that- Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say we we have to put ourselves in position to teach ourselves those things. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't teach ourselves those things, we're never gonna learn. I my good friend Sally painted my face the first time ever. And when I saw how she painted my face, I knew that I will never paint it any different because that mm-hmm. was like and she taught me how to. So I knew a lo- a thing about. Getting myself together and putting a good face on for the people because I was following someone well in my like older sister to put me together and get me right, and right. I went. I can still go to them for advice because they're still real people in the community that listen and protect. Now I don't feel like there's a sense of protecting. I feel mm-hmm. like good. you talk to me, I'm going to take what you say and I'm going to hold it in my mouth until somebody else comes and says something about you. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to blabber off everything I know about you and we're going to real we're going to find this understanding as to why we don't like each other. That's why the mm-hmm. community is not growing. Instead, it's it's decreasing in power because everybody wants to be something mm-hmm. instead of a leader to show change.
0: Right. It's a lot yeah. of it sounds like a lot of division that we're, you know, it's like, I think sometimes we feel like, you know, there's division in the, the greater world, if you will, especially in the US, but it's so surprising now there's so much division within our own communities that can be really difficult to to cope with. Yeah. Um, uh, a question is, um, do you have any advice for a drag queen that is starting out? Yes,
1: I would say just keep your head in the game of what you do and how you feel like doing it. There's gonna be other drag queens that you look up to and you love their body, you love their paint, but you have to look in the mirror and learn your face. And mm-hmm. once you put your face on to the best of your ability, grow in that because this, that's gonna be your personality. That's who shines through. If you, if you look at a picture of another queen or watch another queen do her face, you start to embody that. So yeah. I would say, learn your own face, learn techniques and get advice, listen to it, learn what kind of makeup to buy, because you can be as best or even better than the person you look up to.
0: Mm-hmm. You had mentioned Sally. Um, are there some other folks that have been really instrumental in helping you um grow?
1: Yeah, you know, Sally has been really, really a heart and joy of mine. Sally, she taught me makeup, and that I will, she will always have my heart for that. Saiyan Flair really put those soul and the spirit inside me of being a good person to everyone, and mm-hmm. not to embrace people with swear words or calling them out their names first, even though I understand that's another way of endearment. But I'm just, I've never been the type to like that. And a lot mm-hmm. of people that way. So I don't, Cyan Flair really vocalized that very extreme in my life to not be that person. I also would say my sister, Precious Jewel, pr- mm-hmm. who she was Precious Jewel, but now she's yeah. Precious, Brady Davis. And she literally gives me such great spiritual advice, mm-hmm. being a mom keeping keeping my my own faith alive, telling me how to expand my voice, teaching me new ways to speak. I love that. She's very instrumental to me in my life. I would also say my really, really great friend, um, Mr. Wallace, the cool mom, Eric Wallace, has been just a sounding board for me and my well-being like just e- before quarantine that has been like one of my best of best friends like my gemini sister to help me get through a lot of things that i go through because again we've i talked about asking for help i don't ask my friend for help but when they see that i need it they throw it out and pour it into me and so it's been hard to ask for it because some people can see it already and mm-hmm. see Help, and they'll go forth by helping you. Then,
0: yeah, yeah, it's so hard to ask for help when you need it. it. It's it's easier when you already have like cultivated relationships to where, like you said, people people know when you're not quite. Yeah. Damn. Yourself.
1: Yeah, completely.
0: Yeah. Um. So Gabriel is asking, "What can we do to help during these uncertain times?
1: You know the one thing that i can say that uh, that can help is voicing your opinion when it matters not because you have a voice mm. and i think you have to really pay attention to the topic of what you voice your opinion on to help because everyone is sensitive way mm. more sensitive than they like to claim so when you say or want to help really think about what you're helping in and if you don't understand, you have to fully back out because it hurts even more to hear some to talk to someone who's not listening to you who thinks they understand.
0: Yeah, that's very well said. Very well said. Um so we're um rounding out the last five minutes of the show. Um is there anything else you would like to share before we go?
1: Um I've got music videos on YouTube. <laughs> no,
0: no, yeah. Um and your um we we just put your Venmo up as well as your um Instagram.
1: Yay. Yeah, you can follow me there on Venmo, Instagram, Cash App and just see my stories, just be along for the ride, support and I'm not someone who just posts my whole day every day all my life. I like to give you moments and memories that I've had because mm-hmm those are something that I try, I try to cherish right now especially for the fact that we don't know when we're going to get out of what we are in due to quarantine and things like that so I like to show a lot of my memories past memories with people that I've been involved with in my life friends just because they're on my mind you can't mm-hmm. re- I can't reach out to everyone but I try to do a lot of, a lot of what I can on my sounding board of social media and live yeah my-
0: I, I really enjoy, I, uh, I've i been like stalking your uh, Instagram a little bit prior to, uh, to meeting with you today. And yeah, there's just, it's very much just kind of like real life stuff. Um, yeah. Beautiful, stunning, you know, photos, of course, because you are so beautiful. Um, but then also just like a lot of fun stuff. I saw where you were like washing your nails yeah. <laughs> in the shower, the tub, <laughs> all that fun stuff. I don't
1: want to do anything wrong to cause harm to anyone. I just want to do anything in my own lane. And I get my nails done by my cousin. Mm. So he's a nail tech now. And for the fashion show, I was like, I really want to get my nails done. And my cousin was like, just come over, because she hasn't seen me in a while. So sometimes I just want to, I feel good. And this is when it comes to one of those prayers, when I'm just like, oh, Lord, I feel so great today. My soul is speaking to me. And so what I did was I have this phone, so I'm just like, okay, shower with my nails and just vote on that because it's a full conversation with whoever wants to have it. You know, it it doesn't have to be anything in a sense of chatter for me to come back and give you other comments. It's just a simple.
0: (laughs) Right, yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to to chat with us today and share a bit about yourself. Um, for for everyone else, if you're um uh, if you're listening to this on a podcast or you're watching it later, um look in the description below and you can find all the ways to contact Saya to send her some love, send her some cash, uh, check out her her amazing content, and just stay in touch with her and be inspired by her. Um, So next week we will be getting together um, again, the same time, same place. um, And we'll be, our guest will be Mick Douche. And so he is a drag king um, who I haven't met yet. So I'm really excited to get to know him and for you all to get to know him as well. So um, everybody take care uh, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Bye guys.